Hello and welcome to another edition of Open On Eyes, the QPR podcast. This week we're going for a little bit different. We've got the wonderful Safa Michael back. How are you doing, big man? You all right? Oh, we've got the name right. Get in there. That's progress. Yeah, I'm really good. Really good. Thank you. Have a shave. Um, we've also got um ex-QPR player, um, just all-round good human being and an absolute gentleman, Bradley Allen. Welcome back, Bradley. Been a long time. Good evening, Finney. Great to see you. I'm loving the Christmas decorations behind you, big man, by the way. It just makes me panic. <laughs> Christmas, wow. Flipping neck. <laughs> Shiver. And, of course, the wonderful Stephen Street, who hasn't been on for a couple of years. Sorry, Stephen, we should have you on more. How are you? Very well, sir, and you? Yeah, you good? We're all... I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm better. Yes. Good. Better than we were. Right, I'm going to start with, with you, Stephen, because... Well, you haven't been on for a while, and, and um, have you found it this season and the end of last season? Because you know, have you found it a bit of a oof? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, and I do go with my sons and my wife to all the home games. And I've got to say, this last tw- kind of twelve months has been most probably the hardest period that uh, you know we've supported the club through. Um, it's been shocking, really. I mean, it's hard to know of any club that's actually got a, a worse home record than us in the whole football league. And that is quite a hard thing to kind of live with, I think. And I actually think on the whole, the fans have been quite accommodating and quite understanding. I mean, I mean, you know, I was expecting the figures to really drop through the floor, but we've actually had fairly good you know, attendances. And I think also we've been pretty supportive. I mean, I do sit in the R block. I mean, I'm not up the back with all the, the real noisy guys, but I'm in kind of row E. So I, I, I can hear what's going on. And you know, there's there's a lot of support there still, and I actually think we've been very understanding. And uh, but I'm kind of I'm hoping that we've gone through the bleakest moments, and that we're gonna that we've hopefully turned a corner with this new manager, and um, it's going to be some uh, brighter days ahead or weeks ahead of us now. I suppose in some ways, Bradley, an ex player and so forth, the only way is up, really. I suppose, and that's very obvious, but. We can't get really good at it, can we? We will go to this, won't we? Go on, Bradley. Oh, you, you, you really hope that, you know, the remainder of this year and moving into 2024, things will pick up. I just uh, have concerns, not only the league position and the, the, the points tally so far that the R's have got this season, the poor home form. You know, I think it was 49 points, Cardiff, Fourth from bottom, stayed up in the championship last season. That means QBR got to get forty points from their remaining fixtures. Finn, that's that's going to be some going. I mean, only one, you know, twice uh, this season, um, and mm-hmm. it's going to need all the fans. They're going to have to be unbelievably uh, more tolerant, more patient. Give this new manager uh, a chance to sort of um, put his stamp on this side but I'm, I'm sure he'll be fully aware if if he's going to make progress he's going to have to do that and very quickly well, that brings you on the sapper go on cheer us up how do I follow that that's quite tough um, yeah I, I think that with it um, the, the only thing I would say is over the last two games if you forgetting the performances but just the results can't remember the last time we got a draw. You know, apart from the last two, it was just lost, lost, lost. You'd have a sporadic every now, win every now and then. But it's good to see us getting points on the board. We should have won against Rotherham. Um, and, you know, the the Bristol City one was tough with their manager's first game and that. But if nothing else, there are definitely some signs of Im- big signs of improvement. You know, certainly a lot more watchable in the eye, that's for sure. Um, and we'll see where it takes us. But I, I definitely think we've got far better chance under you know, this manager than where we were at before. That That's for certain. Um, Bradley, you know what everyone always says about strikers? Why are we struggling to... Did we start the season ambitious that, you know, Dags and Sinclair were going to be the, the main threat and then Kelman would come good when he's been struggling even to, to get a place at Orient? I mean, was that, was that just bad preparation, do you think, or unlucky? Well, I think, I think you have to go across perhaps, what, four or five 
transfer window is really thin. And of, of games that I have, you know, covered QPR for local radio in the last couple of years, it, it's one thing. And um, I've not been the only former player that, that has, has made has made that point. You know, the, uh, the goal scoring area, players that can contribute, you know, an adequate number of goals at championship level. It's it's really where QPR have had their shortcomings. Yes, you know, others across the team, attacking midfielders, will at chair when they were in better form, were assisting and and and, and scoring um and, and and hitting better numbers. But but QPR really haven't had um you know two, three, four strikers that maybe can contribute each between them eight to twelve goals a season. If, uh, if 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 they had that within their ranks and their squad, un- undoubtedly they'd, they'd be a, a comfortable top half of the championship team, I think. Yeah, it's, it's certainly something we struggle, Stephen, isn't it? I mean, do you have confidence in Dakes and, and Sinclair and, and Kelman to get it done, or will we have to hit the transfer? But I don't have much faith in Dykes at all. I think his goal-scoring record is shocking for a leading goal striker at a club like QPR. I really do. Um, but what kind of really, really worries me is that you see the best teams, when the ball does get into that final third and the ball gets into the box, there's more than one player in the box. There's three or four players ready to finish. You watch Arsenal, Man City, even the best teams in the championship, there's more than one player. We just get, we're happy just to have Dykes in the box. It's not enough. So I can't put all the blame on him, but I really feel that we just do not, well, certainly for the last 12 months anyway, we've just not had enough people in the box to finish off. Willock and Chair often break from outside the box and score and shoot from just outside the area or just just kind of get into that final kind of third themselves and do all the work. But it's so often we get a ball into into the box whether it be uh, uh, delivered by Chair or, or by Kakai or anyone getting that final ball in, and there's hardly anyone there to finish it off. And you do wonder what we work on in training. I mean, this is what this is what I hear around me in, in the in, in the crowd is that what do they do in training? And it's not just Ainsworth; it's been going on for a long time, you know. And uh, it's kind of it's it's weird. We just, I just don't understand why we're so negative in that final kind of third. I think a lot of it is panic as well, and there's so much expectation because the crowd have, actually the crowd have been brilliant, haven't they? Stuff they've, they've kind of they've willed the team on. We haven't got on their backs. We haven't really. I know there's a few boos, and and but that was more frustration because of the home record. But yeah, Stephen's we've been really supportive. I don't know, but with those strikers, which I think I, they have been very supportive. Exactly. But the trouble is, I I. I don't know what you guys think, but I just think without goals, we're going to really struggle to stay in this league. Really struggle. And the matter how and, and that's even, I mean, Savensen is going to have to really come in and get everyone barring. Well, hit the ground running. They're going to have to hit the ground like flipping limbs of Christie. Um, but I just don't know. So who's going to get the goals for us, Safa? Go on, tell me. Yeah, I'm kind of going back to what Steve said. I've said that I think since we've, since my first podcast I've done with you, the, the issue with Dykes. You know, there's this thing about, you know, and my biggest concern is you would have thought if anyone could get something out of a striker, that that kind of striker would be Ainsworth, wouldn't you? In terms of the, you know, more direct style. And he didn't do anything under him either. And there has been games where you look and you think his style's not suited towards the way we want to play. And then there's other games where you've looked and you think, well, actually, that's exactly the kind of service you should be asking for. You know, there was one particularly against Rotherham. I think it was Smith, if I'm not mistaken. That is Dyke's bread and butter. That's the kind of service you want. And he was nowhere near it. And you think, you do scratch your head and you think, you you, you play direct, he doesn't do a great deal. You you you. There are games where he has been given good service and he doesn't do much with it either. I just think he's just a really, really average striker, you know, and, and especially with the way, if you are going to start moving back to that kind of way that we were playing under Bill, where there was that emphasis on chair and Dykes to, uh, sorry, chair and Willock to work their magic. Again, it's not balls in the box. It's, it's, it's just, so you, I don't quite, he just doesn't look suited to us at all. You know, and as I said, I, I absolutely love Sinclair Armstrong, but again, he's not a goal story. He's not a killer in the box either. So the, the the problem with the um with with the goals is massive, you know, and we don't really chip in a huge amount from midfield either. So you know there is a big emphasis on him. I think we're praying that that Willock kind of we get that player of 
18 months ago, you know, that, that, that could pull something out of a hat and a moment of magic. But again, I think he's it's asking a lot, you know, because he's not played like that for a long, long time. So the problem with goals remains, as you said, he's he's going to have to do something pretty, pretty special to to get this team scoring because I just don't know that the quality is there up front. I really don't. It's weird because I hear this, like, I'm going to, sorry, Bradley, I'm going to have to put your old playing hat on here for a second. I'm not going to tell you to get your boots on because you're probably going to do every time you come down and just get your boots on, Bradley, we can deal with a striker. We hear that all the time. But I hear Kelman is the best finisher at the club. In training, he's absolutely superb. It's just that when he gets on that pitch, it just goes, goes wrong. Is that common or is that just unlucky or, or nerves or stage fright or what is it? What's, why does that happen? Well, I, I, I just think, you know, Gel, Gelman is an example. He, he's a he's a player that, you know, I've, I've sort of seen uh, his journey, his career, and it, it's often been stop-start thing, hasn't it, really? Mm. I think best strikers will tell you, or, or those that have had good seasons, a run of form is playing consistently in a side that creates chances, and then you find in the back of the net, and that get the confidence that that gives you. And I, I think you know, in his spell at, at QPR, just unfortunately for him, it's it's been two stop start. You know that doesn't surprise me. You know he he comes with a good pedigree. You know, but he's is it Gillingham? Is it Orient that he's been at as well? He hasn't yeah. really too prolific at both of those clubs and he and he certainly man- hasn't managed to to quite fulfill his potential at QPR which is a real shame because you know he, he's he's obviously one that had, had been looked at you know watched recruited and and people obviously felt that there was potential there but uh, he hasn't quite uh, been 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 able to do that and 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 that's a shame and and, and I think as well you know QPR just look at them at the moment, Finn, and they're they're just in a bit of a quandary, you know. In terms of, you look at the the managerial situation, and I think from Warburton to to sort of Beal to Critchley briefly, they they add what I would class as more development style coaches in charge who would encourage their team to build up, play out through the back through midfield and when that was good the likes of players of I've already mentioned Chair and Willett would often flourish then they changed and they've gone with with Gareth who I, I championed for him to be given a chance with the yeah. brilliant hit at Wickham just but unfortunately he perhaps wanted a style where it was a little bit more direct a bit more forceful back to front but then did did he have the players that had the physical capacity to do that from because because what he built over Wickham was done over a lot long time, five six seven years. It, it wasn't six months. It wasn't seven months, like he sort of had a, a, a QPR. Now we 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 have this new guy in charge, Sifuente, uh, who comes with a good reputation. He's had success with the respective clubs and leagues that he's been at, and I think I think what he's got to try and do he's got to assess the group of players' capabilities quickly really quickly and then think to himself, well, how am I with this group? How am I going to play? What's the best, you know, style and solution for this team for us to be effective, to win games and get points on the board? And he's got to do that very, very quickly. He's not going to get, um, he's not going to get a chance to make mistakes, is he? He's going to hit the group. And it's, it's, it's difficult for coaches to come from overseas and, and get into this. He's, he's not going to have time on his side. Well, I mean, but the Steve... coaches can only work with what they've got. I mean, like, I think the Malays, I mean, we picked out, you know, we picked up on, you know, Dykes here. But, you know, I think the appointments of um, Tyler Roberts and Jamal Lowe were, were incredibly disappointing. And Taylor Richards, you know, who's still with us. You know, these are supposed to be people that can get the ball in the back of the net. And they didn't. You know, and it's and we why is it we keep signing the same kind of player that, you know, is all kind of it. It, it is such a damn squib at the end of the day. I just don't understand it, it, the recruitment thing has to be really looked at. And, you know, I know that, you know, Les Ferdinand's gone now and we've now got this vacuum where we haven't got a director of football. But I'm kind of glad that we're not rushing into it because I think this director of football that we've had, you know, situation we've had over the last year or two hasn't worked really at all. 
And unless you say, no, we should have sold the players when we were doing well. We, I can tell you that if at that time last year, when we were in the top six and we turned around and said, we're going to sell Chair Willock and Rob, Di- uh, uh, Rob Dickey because they're really good players, the fans would have gone bananas if we had done that. Mm. You know, they really would have. So I, 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 I don't really buy his kind of theory either that we've got to be a selling club. I understand we have to be a selling club, but... At the same time, that's got to be tempered. You can't keep giving away all the club jewels all the time just for money. You know, I think you have to be able to kind of... I can see the reason why we did hang on to those players this time last year, because we thought we had a chance. I think I think the recruitment over eight years has been poor, if I'm being honest. You know, we've sold, we, we haven't really sold that many players for profit. I mean, Ezzy and Freeman... And I don't even think that would make up for the losses we've had on the likes of Silla, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, and it's always been the strikers who have struggled. I mean, I think Hugo was the last one to hit proper double figures, wasn't he? And he was in loan. So it's... It, it's but then everyone says, oh, everyone's got the same problem. Everyone's looking for strikers. But you're right, Steve. We seem to be getting the same sort of players who are problematic, who um, are very... was Ainsworth cold and fragile. And if it doesn't work out, it's, and there's no surprise that, you know, that, um, they're not working out at flipping Birmingham either. It's, it's, it's weird, but surely, we, especially in Richards, we've, we discussed him a lot in the pod, and I know there's, there's rumours that he's got issues and this, that and the other, but I wonder why we agreed to sign him before we seen him play for us. That just is a bit weird. We'll be hoping that we could be the, you know, the club that can change his career. What do you think, Seth? I mean, have you seen anything in him at all that makes you think we... There is someone in there that we can change, or have we just blew a whole budget on someone that's not going to do much? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not going to do much. Um, I, I think the sad thing with him is, I don't think he's actually. I think he's actually quite talented. I don't mm-hmm. look at him and think he's absolute garbage. What are we doing here? I can see something there, but I think we'll be waiting a very, very long time if you think you're going to see that on a regular kind of basis. You know, I just don't. There, there's some underlying issues there. And and I, I think I've I've mentioned this before, but the, the thing I'll never forget, I've seen some weird things at QPR, but I can never, you know, the, the image of when we were in that relegation fight last season at, uh, away at Rotherham and he, you know, right in the middle of the game, decides to sit down and start doing his shoelaces. Uh, I've never, ever seen anything like that on a football pitch. I, I would never see it again. Um, you know, and then he comes on, you know, under new management and, uh, you know, his social media use. I don't want to go over this. I know this was covered in one of the other podcasts before, but, you know, his his use of social media and, and you know, how he kind of seems to habit of calling out managers and, and being quite disrespectful. And then he comes on at Rotherham. Here you go. There's a manager that wants to play the way you want. There you go. You're on the pitch. I see what you do. He gives a pathetic header away, you know, gives him the ball. Bang, 1-1, one, one, you know. <laughs> I just don't see it with him at all. I don't think he's still yet to score or assist even one goal, is he? Um, it's a terrible, it's a shocking signing. And, you know, I think he's, I, I don't doubt he's a talent. I'm sure that's probably why Brighton signed him in the first place. You know, they don't normally get their recruitment wrong. But if you think that that's going to materialise to somebody that's actually going to be able to have a meaningful impact to QPR, I can't see it. I'd love to be proved wrong, but I can't he see it. He looks heavy too. He looks like he's put on weight. Yeah. Yeah, I completely I think, agree. I did think that when he came on the other week, he didn't look, he didn't look too fit, did he? He, no. he? he looked like he was. I've got this right, Steve. Are you? Is it a referee that you are trained, or is it a coach? You took coaching badge. No, I took a coaching badge back in the nineties. I, I, I hurt, my, I damaged my ACL playing, you know, just Sunday league football stuff, and but I wanted to get in, keep involved, so I did a coaching thing. But, you know, that was like doing youth football. I kind of looked after a team from under-10s up to under-18s, and that was enough. (laughs) It's difficult because, Bradley, you're at Tottenham, aren't you, Um, doing a similar sort of thing? Mm. If you get recruitment wrong, how hard is it to get it right? Or is it just, are we seeing it too simplistic? Is it really just a minefield out there? Well, it, it, I think the landscape has, has, has changed across quite a few years, really, where, you know, the the involvement of, of agents um, at, at, at clubs and um, pushing, you know, their, their respective clients and, and telling them or, or people at, at football clubs in key positions, 
you know that 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 they're the they're the ones that they should be going after. Um, but 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 as the guys saying, so you know the lads are right. I think sometimes some fall short and they fall short spectacularly. Uh, but the other thing I think is worth discussing with this as well is, you know, in in my role as a as as a developer, I've even seen it across academy football for for a while. There's not many centre forwards anymore. Really? You look at the players and they all want to sort of get on the ball and twist and turn and create an assist, which is wonderful. But the actual goal scorers and penalty box players that can attack crosses, that can shoot through defenders, turn defenders and score inside the penalty box, attack and head the ball. Uh, it's, it's becoming a bit of a dying breed in all honesty. And, you know, that that's where I, I, I think, you know, you, you have to have, you know, skilled, good people working and honing these skills at, at, at younger ages, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even if clubs like Tottenham, I mean, because basically, if you, you're in that production line from the age of 10, aren't you? You're in that production line, you're loaned out, you're this, that and the other, and the, the, the rate of players getting disregarded must be huge. And that's what Brentford were doing for a while as well. They were picking them up. Whereas we've, like Bradley, forgive me for asking you this question, because I know that, you know, you might not want to answer it. Well. But the way we do our youth team, anyone, I forgot this right, could come in and buy our players for next to nothing if they don't, you know, the premiership, because we're, we're, we're not the right grade. We're not that, that standard. Is that a massive problem for a club like QPR? Is our youth policy, are we spending millions, but basically anyone good is going to just get snatched for nothing? Yeah, that 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 could be a, a struggle, a factor for sure, you know, within the foundation phase of the the, the players that QPR recruit at the at the youngest ages, between eight and twelve, they they can certainly be be poached and, and there would then be some minor conversation uh, that that QPR would receive from that, and that that may well have happened, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 some of those young players, and 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 often, you know, yeah, you, you know, I'll, I'll go back to a generation where, you know, home homegrown players, that's what the fans want to see, you know, they they want it because they know that there's an affinity there. I always have said this, even you know, in 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 the coaching for nearly twenty years at Spurs Academy. Those homegrown players, uh, the fans want to see, and 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 but you have to have skilled developers that that help navigate the 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 one or two through that process. Then there needs to be that pathway, then the opportunity, and then at the top you need you need a manager that's a believer in it. You know, obviously the the individual, the young player has to have the potential, be good enough initially to get that breakthrough, but but then then they need you know, uh, ongoing support uh, on their journey. And then I think if you get that and then you you sort of get two or three, then then you've got a real chance of, of building something promising. And also, and this sounds really negative, we also depend on their agents being on board as well, don't we, brother? And it, that, that's something that's very strange to me. When I, when I do talk to the football club, it's like, well, as long as the agent's happy as well and they want their player to stay at the club and do this, an agent can just pull the plug at anything, can't they? At any time, and a, a player's form can dip. Yeah, very true. That 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 can happen. They can, they can be in the ear of the player, and and obviously, if let's say in the championship, a player is is doing very well, uh, they they might be, you know, have have the chance of maybe going to the riches of the Premier League and a move to the Premier League, and 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 as you say, you know, uh, some that do. Do that and get that chance. Often go on and 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 fly and do fantastically well. You know, as a from QPR to Palace is a is a perfect example of that. You know, he's just signed. You know, a monster contract there. He thoroughly deserves that. He's been brilliant. He's a maverick player. Uh, but I think I think with someone like uh, Eze, in in what I've seen, he scored goals as well, Finney. He's yeah. not just. Later, he he scores goals and 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 that's why he was sought after by uh, by Crystal Palace and he and he's gone on and done brilliant. But also, as he always gave hundred percent. I mean, David, I think you know who I'm getting at. Willock. Now, the, we, we talk about it time and time and time again in the podcast. Uh, there's such a talent there. There's such a player there, but something's not right, is it? Someone's in his ear. Someone's saying to him, "Just get this contract done." 
go and play for someone else. It, it doesn't seem like it's hard said anymore, does it? No, I mean, it's a shame because, I mean, again, you know, this time last year or, you know, or prior to this time last year, he was, you know, he was scoring some fantastic goals for us and it was incredible to watch and we were so excited about him. Um I, I there was obviously something that went on between him and Ainsworth because you know this thing about Ainsworth just bringing him on for the last four minutes of a game. I th- I found that really really strange. You know it's like the crowd were baying. You know let's get Ainsworth on. Uh, sorry, let's get Willock on. You know so give him give him at least twenty minutes to try and create something. You know let's have Chair and Willock at the same time on the pitch. And you know for some reason Ainsworth just wasn't having it. So there's something you know there's obviously something that's gone on in the dressing room. You know that's kind of broken down that relationship and it's a shame if we can tease something back out of him again for the rest of the season then hopefully we're going to get the points that Bradley said that we need to stay up um, because he can do it but then you know perhaps is he just going to show off now between now and the January window and try and get a transfer I don't know and obviously we're not going to get much for him in January because we've only got a few months left so it's a shame because the guy actually is a, I think he's really, really, you know, a top player. And those happiest times we had in, in the last kind of 18 months were when we had Chair and Willock playing together, playing off each other, doing, you know, little runs and things. The kind of way you see Foden and Grealish play, you know, for Man City. Yeah. Like they're, they're mobile, moving around, you know, they're breaking up the play. We're, not, we're just being so static in the last kind of, you know, 12 months or so. It's just been really boring to watch. And it's one thing, I mean, I, I watched that last game we had uh, under Martin. It was great. No, uh, it was much better. But I did think there was one thing that I really saw again, which was kind of going back to like the Warburton days. It was just possession for possession's sake. And we were getting thoroughly sick of this ball being passed backwards and forwards along the back four. And when really what you've got to do is you've got to break through that line and get it to a midfield player who, instead of passing it back to the back four again, can see a pass straight away and move it forward. And we're still not seeing that, you know. We're still not seeing it. And 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 I mean, we've got to give Marty time. I, you know, I appreciate he's only just arrived, but I don't want to see possession just for, for possession's sake because we had that under Warburton and we were going nowhere with that either. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Arthur? Because I mean, I, I rather him for twenty minutes. I thought Show was outstanding. He was he, he was unplayable and he was back to his old self. And I think Steve's right. I think with Critchley and Ainsworth. I don't think the players are really having them. Whatever no. they did and done, they, they weren't having them. And and you can see that. But the thing with Marty, he, he brings some different, he's a different culture, a different, different eyes, and no QPR connection to break stuff. I mean, that's what I find really frustrating. You know, Les and Jerry Francis and Holloway, we, we bring them back, and it, it's just, I mean, they leave in bad terms. On on the plus side, what did you see under the new on under the Marty that you think we, we might get better? We have a chance here. Yeah, I think chair. I mean, um, it was funny in in against uh, just going back to that Rotherham game and chair was that's the best I've seen chair play for. I can't remember the last time I saw chair play like that. Not just for his goal, he, he was brilliant. Every time he touched the ball, he was he was just on another level. And he, I was I, I looked that goal. I mean, that's just chair all over, isn't it? Cut in, bend it in the top corner like that. I don't remember even seeing the last time he even tried that under Ainsworth. You know, he just didn't. He was in his shell. He would like Steve was saying, he'd go back, you know, and keep hold possession. But that he just had the confidence to just go and play, which was exactly what we wanted. My only fear a little bit is with Willock, I I I don't quite understand what has gone on there. Obviously, definitely a, a difference of opinion with Ainsworth. But even when he has come on, he doesn't look you really look and say over the last year there's been a game where Willock's come on and really looked bright and inventive and like he was gonna do something. To me, he hasn't. I can remember games, I think it was at Coventry at home. He bought him off and he kind of bottled a challenge or lost it and they went and scored and uh, that that that's what my impression of Willick is over the for a long time now so I hope we can get him back to playing like that but you know who knows maybe with chair and them like like I said that connection is fantastic together maybe that will give him a little bit of a boost and and go from there because I actually but- still think the makings particularly with I mean, I thought Kaká was excellent against Bristol City. To be fair, I, oh, yeah, I agree. Good game, yeah. uh, for sticky gets. I thought he was excellent, but I think you know, in terms of the way I'd see our strongest team, I think Powell has been arguably our player of the season this year. He's been absolutely brilliant, 
And I was just about to say well. that because he's another player that down tools under Ainsworth because Powell, yeah. I think last year, and we had Powell on the left and Laird on the right. We were actually really looking like in a really good place. Totally as agree. As our wing back play. Yeah. But it's so obvious. I mean, that when Ainsworth came in, Powell did not, he didn't buy into it at all. Mm. You could really see that by some of the footage, that, that hacker thing, <laughs> particularly I'm thinking of. And, um, you know, I think, you know, hopefully we'll see the best the best of Powell again because I actually think there's a good player there. A really I think good. he's a brilliant player, yeah. But I think Cannon's are really good as well. Mm. You know, I think if we could get him doing anything like what Laird was at, at times for us as well, I think Cannon would be quite capable of that. And them too, and then you throw in hopefully a more informed Willock. Di- uh, Chair's already shown that he can, you know, really excel under under this manager. And you, you start to think, okay, there's some promising signs there, you know. Hill's probably one of the best midfielders in this league by a long way. In my opinion, oh, yeah. And you got the problem. Listen, we started a podcast saying the same thing, and we've said it for weeks. It's no, and unless we can sort that out in January, it's going to be a hard old league. But everyone's looking for the same players. I saw a video on Twitter this week, Bradley, of a, of a young lad at Goodison Park. It was very interesting, banging a hat trick. It was marvelous. I was there that day. I, I, you, you might remember him, young fellow called Bradley Allen. Now, that is how you score goals. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Vividly. Uh, he, <laughs> he training ground the other day on on Premier League years. You know, st- some of the staff were, were, were looking at me uh, in, a, in a peculiar way because it was in Norwich, with Norwich coming up the weekend, QPR game at Carroll Road. And I got on the end of a Mark Bowen back pass and nicked round the goalie and scored. And they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe how young I looked, how skinny I looked, <laughs> and and the goal that I scored. They were all laughing at me. I must I must tell you, but um, but but yeah, I I, I knew it was coming on because I remember Chris Sutton scoring a glancing header uh, be before before that goal. Uh, but no, that 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 Everton. That Everton hat trick was uh, as an amazing, amazing memory and one I cherish forever. Do, do you know what, little bit? I mean, did you, when you played for me, I know I've asked you before, but you've hit the nail on the head. When you come to that useless and play for that first team, start scoring goals, your relationship with the fans is so different, isn't it? It's such a unique experience for a player to do that, isn't it? And the bond will always be there. Well, I, I, I think that's important. Um, in the role that I've had, you know, in in in, in coaching and, and and educating young players, that mm-hmm. exactly that, you know, and 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 the standards and who you're representing and how lucky you are to 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 get a chance to sort of uh, play for a big team and and I and I had that, you know, not only with 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 my family, but I had, I had some like terrific coaches at uh, at QPR, the likes of Frank Sibley. You know, when I was coming through the youth team and uh, Roger Cross, Keith Peacock, you know, the, the, these guys would 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 instill, you know, uh, the, the these standards and habits, and always remind you, you know, as and when you got that chance, who you was playing for, and 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 really grasp it and and and, and don't waste it, Finney. And yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's always been an important thing to me that I I pass that on. The best that I can to the next generation. Is it is it harder, Bradley? Will he, will he, oh God! See, this is what happens. You get a group of people over fifty, not you, Safa, because you're young, um, and you start thinking about the past. It's very different now, Bradley. Isn't it? It, it must be so difficult to keep these lads on track. Really tough. Time. Really tough. You 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 not only need um, outstanding skills as a as a football coach, but the connection that you have. With these young players, because they're all from different social backgrounds, uh, they they have different family support as well, and 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 you have to, you know, be uh, be really skilled in in many areas now to sort of try to to sort of uh, direct and, and 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 navigate and help them overcome hurdles, setbacks that they may have, injuries not training very well, not playing in the team, all of these things, maybe some off-field issues as well. Um, and, and of course, what we've already touched on, maybe external influences with the likes of agents and that. So there's, there, there's so many different things. And one that 
you know, does come all the way through. You just hope that these sort of bits of wisdom that they've had along the way from key people uh, are in, embedded in some of these young players that, that help them go on to have a professional career and, and do really well. And it's so difficult, though. I mean, I suppose in music and the same as even when you get older, you, everything seems so healthy and back in the day. And I suppose with football. Yeah, Drawing on what Bradley was talking about, about bringing through the players from the, you know, the, 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 through the club and so on, one has to question, is Ramsey doing his job? You know? Yeah, I that question. You know, because, you know, I mean, is there a certain kind of player that he just wants to kind of connect with all the time? Is it, Are we not throwing the, you know, kind of the web open a little bit more and getting other... It seems to me that a lot, lot of other clubs get players and develop them, and we're not. And I'm just yeah. sometimes wondering whether... We should be looking at whether Ramsey is the right person to be there now, now that we've got this new training ground and we've got this new manager. Perhaps we should be looking at what is feeding into the, the first team and thinking about a whole new way of looking at it, perhaps doing what Brentford have done. You know, I mean, it, that's the galling thing for us as, as QPR fans. We were used to being bigger than Brentford and, and on par perhaps with Fulham in the last kind of 20 years. And now we're way behind them, way behind and so it, we're looking at a situation. It's not just to do with the manager of the first team. It's to do with the club as a whole. And it's something that's got, really got to be addressed. I think what, what sums it up for me, and it's, it's not even a striker for every top of strikers, is Rob Dickey. The price we paid for him, the years he was with us, and we sold him for less. That, to me, made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Have we developed the goalkeepers well? Have we made money in them? Well, then he would say we made some, but not. It, we're not. They're not getting better, are they? Some of these players. They're not. You know, apart from maybe as skills. And he doesn't always have to be a, someone that's come through the club. I mean, you know. I mean, I know. I mean, looking back on how much Ali Falling was loved by the club. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And he came from nowhere, but he yeah, came totally. in and he bought into the club, lock, stock, and barrel. And the, because of that, the fans loved him. Yeah, but also, so, we you made, know, we made a player out of him, Stephen. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. you know, there's. Adele Trapp, no one touched with a barge before. We made a player out of him. We, we, we gave him purpose and he gave us purpose. More mm. purpose. It just doesn't, we don't seem to be sure. We look really skillful players. Um, Paul's a good player. It's, they're there. It just doesn't, you're right. The, the youth set, I mean, Ramsey's been there for eight years now. Is it eight years and nine years stuff? It's about eight years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in Brandy, as you know, in football, eight years is a is a, is a lifetime, isn't it? I mean, I wonder what he's being judged on. And, but, you know, we're looking at this from fans in the youth setup. How difficult is it for a team like QPR to, to get these? But then Ramsey's also in charge of targets as well, isn't he? It's, it's, it's hard to even know what his role is, if I'm being brutally honest. I know it's, he's supposed to be technical chief of coaching. He's supposed to be involved in the youth. He's supposed to be also involved in scouting. It's a lot of hassle work, really, isn't it? Yeah, Chris is obviously someone that I know very well, Finney, because he, he, back in the day, worked at Spurs Academy and did a brilliant job. And he is an outstanding player developer. Uh, I think he's faced challenges at, at QPR uh, and, he, and he has his uh, brilliant way of working and, 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 and beliefs. Um, the, the actual level and start point, possibly, Finn, of some of the younger players um, you know that that uh, that that he's had from the from the younger ages. I, th I think he's had to over the course of time put in a uh, a de development structure across the academy. They've obviously got the new training ground as well. Um, but there are players out there, Finn. You know, in 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 the capacity, the role that I'm now in and have been for the last sort of twenty months working at under eighteen level. You watch the games. You know, um, a, a, across the country, the teams, there are young players there. But the question mark, of course, is that if I'm a manager of a championship club, some of those that, that, that have promise, would you sign them? Would you take them? It comes with risk. It's a gamble. Are they not experienced enough? Is the jump too big? Or, 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 or are some of the managers not brave enough? to take a look at some of these players because, you know, we started the conversation about goal scorers and there's there, there's a few out there, you know, we've got 
we've got one or two at our academy at Spurs. There's a couple of young strikers at, at West Ham that I've seen that have been scoring prolifically at 18s and 21s level, um, you know, and, 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 and some other clubs as well. They are there, Finn, but it's, it's firstly, I suppose it's whether you can get them out of some of these big clubs and whether they can make the step up if they're given the chance and, and give you an immediate return. Yeah, there's a lad at West Ham from Northern Ireland, actually. He's a very good player, and he's played yeah. for the first team as well. Yeah. Our problem, um, though, as well, is that even if you look over the last few years, uh, the players that we've had a degree or or that you come in and say, well, they've developed and gone on to do, we've not done anything financially with them anyway. You know, you had Bright Samuel come in from Blackpool, mm. absolutely on fire under Warburton. We got nothing for him, basically. He walked out the door for free. Manning was exactly the same. You know, Dickie, we've bought him as a player from League One. We've taken a punt on. We've sold him basically, I think, for less or the same value as what we bought him in at. Willock is going to go the same. You know, you'd look, what do we pay for Willock? 250 grand or something? You go 18 back, back 18 months, you go, what a fantastic bit of business that is. He's worth five, six, seven, eight million. You know, we're going to get nothing for him now. You know, I think. I thought it was about 500,000, but, it could oh, be but you know what I mean, though. That's a player you'd look and go, well, he's worth clearly significantly more. What are we going to get for Willock? He'll be another one to put into the pile with your Bright or Say Samuels and your Mannings and your Dickies and your Smithies. You know, the, the only one really you'd say that we've really packaged up, if you want to call it that, and done well from really is Freeman and Eze, isn't it? We go back before that. What else have we done? I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got Washington, um, went for nothing. Um, McCauley born went for nothing, brought in for two, two million. You know, Silla, Yeni, uh, Cherry. I, I don't believe we got what we said we got for him. That'd be impossible. So there's there's been quite a few that have come in and and gone on, and I don't think too many have come back to bat in the arse. I thought Rob Dickey played well against us the other day, but you know you expect that from him. But it's it's just a very. It just seems that we just seem to it's it's it's. I think Steve is right. We need to be looking at everyone in the jaw. Everyone needs to pick the game up now because we are, whether people like it or not, and we can sit here as fans and, you know, I include you in that as well, Bradley, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> Just, you know, um, we're desperate. We need to get out of this situation because this club could not afford to get relegated. I don't, I know people say, oh, you go down, you can rebuild, you can come back stronger. That league's a graveyard for clubs like us. I mean, look at Sheffield Wednesday. It looks like they've got to go back there again. It took them years to go to that league. Sunderland took years to get them. Everyone goes Ipswich. Ipswich have got under the cash behind them and a, a recruitment policy. Big club, Ipswich, yeah. Big club. But is that true? Perhaps Bradley might know about this more than than than, than us. But in League One, are we able to kind of... Are we, are, we, are we then free of this financial fair play restriction that we've currently got on us? Is that right? Is it, that- is, it is more flexible, yeah. So is that a reason why perhaps the club might be looking at that as an option? No, they asked that at the fans forum and it was immediately shut down as being no way that is a good right. thing. But yeah. you are right. I mean, those clubs have gone down, rebuilt and come back. But it's um I don't know exactly how it works, but I think it's your if you if you transfer the the debt or that you put you can transfer it into equity and it doesn't call it's something on those lines, but there is more flexibility. Yeah. Is that right, Bradley? Is that how you understand it as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm led to believe that. But as QPR fans as we are, I think that's, that's a league, league one, incredibly tough league, and you, you, you don't want to drop back down. You've seen, and and some of the, the bigger clubs that have been mentioned, you know, they, they sort of bottomed out there, but had to experience League One football for a good few years before they could get themselves going again, and they were only probably ultimately propped up uh, by by sort of having larger fan bases. And, you know, they've had change of owners as well. And and, and some of them have had really messy uh, number of years before they've picked up again. I mean, look at Charlton, for Christ's sake. You know, it's, they're struggling together. But, I mean, it does... I think, as far as I know, FFP resets this year anyway. So once we ride this season out, we can start afresh next season anyway so we're not on the same scrutiny as we have been this season but you know some would say that we're rubbish for money anyway and I would be one of them so but it's just I am worried I mean Bradley you, you watch a lot of football should we be worried are we worrying too much can we get out of this you know there was there was a lifeline here 
Well, I've looked at the fixtures, Finn, and I think there are four home games in January. I think yeah. if QPR get to the end of January, potentially with with two or three wins in that month, and maybe a couple before, then there's a there's a chance. It's it, this this is going to run probably right the way through to the end of the season, and the last couple of games, uh, it's going to be incredibly tough. Uh, and I and I agree with with with, with all of you. I, I think the manager needs some support. I think he needs some help, and he needs potentially two, three, four players in that that January window. Whether that's loan players, whether that's players short term, just to maybe uh, change the dynamic of the group and the starting eleven, and as well maybe have a player or two to come off the bench that that can have an impact. I think he, he he really needs that. But Jan, January is going to be the key month. I think if QPR get some points on the board and they get to the end of January and the form picks up, there's a chance that they can keep championship status, I think. I think it's going to be loans that you, Stephen. It's going to be loans to maybe pick up a free agent in, in, in the Scandinavian market, which, of course, he will know well. But we need yeah. to... I think so, but also I think we just got to get to a point where the, the players want to play for this manager again. It was so obvious that a lot of the players that we had did not want to play for this manager. It was too often people oh, I'm not fit, I'm not fit, I can't play. I mean, one of the players we really missed this year is Barbet, Barbet. I mean, yeah. he, that guy played through thick and thin for QPR, and I think he deserved a lot of credit for that. He played week in, week out, more than this current bunch that we've got, or oh, I've got a niggle, or can't play, you know, and, and the fans are getting sick of it. And I think, you know, what we need is actually there are, there are some good players there. We can just pull them back, you know, back out the hat again, like Willett, for instance, and, you know, get our centre-backs to actually put in a, a, a good, you know, a, a, a good shift and actually play four games in a row. We might actually start getting somewhere. But I think, to be fair, Cook and Dunn look quite good, actually, from what I've seen. Pacquiao was very good as well. Um, Fox looks decent enough. I mean, there's, there's players there, but... Let's get this deal with two minutes off. Let's get the same 11 out week after week, confidence building. Yeah, I mean, I've never doubted Dunn. I think Dunn, actually, you can tell his heart is in it. You know, yeah, totally. But I'll tell you one thing I have, though, is the corners have been better, haven't they? It's like it took us two years. What's that again? The corners have got better all of a sudden after two years. Jesus. We actually made the, the one of our own players last week. I was nearly fell off my chair. And we did it rather as well. That's that's one thing. I know you haven't seen much with Bradley, but I think Stephen and Saf will agree. Our set plays, set pieces. Jesus, the wet. Oh, shocking with set pieces. Oh, it's and you going about what you're doing at the training ground. I reckon they're being trained by Mister Magoo. I've never known anything like it. It's it, it it was hard. It was hard because every time you got a free kick or a corner, I wasn't watching the game. I just stuck. And I'm in Suffolk Road. It's not just it's, set pieces, it's throw-ins. I mean, this, throw-ins, 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 throw-ins are, are, are an integral part of the game. Right? In, in a match, there will be a numerous amount of throw-ins and the best teams do something with it. We do absolutely sweet FA with our throw-ins. It's really embarrassing. Steve, just keeping the ball, just just holding possession, I'll be buzzing with that. It yeah. doesn't happen, does it? You can count five seconds and it's gone. Honestly, I don't know what they do. Because I know, no, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I've noticed even international football, Bradley, Nobody can take a throw anymore, can they? It's the amount of foul throws you see is fucking shocking. Crazy. It's a restart. It's a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Make use of it. Make use of it. Well, pa- pass. Throw the ball in. Pass the ball in to one of your teammates with quality, and and you keep possession. Yeah. Make a run. Pull a player out of position. Another player go into that space. Do something. I mean, you know. But we just they stand there. It's just like nothing is going on. I just don't get it. Really, just don't get it. I think. I mean, you could put it down to fear of home matches if the crowd are getting on the back. But I don't like you. I don't think we have been. I think we've been supportive. I think we'll still be supportive. But I'm just, yeah, we've got. I think from Saturday Norwich is going to tell a lot, isn't it? That's going to be. A, I think a lot of questions. We've had the international break. We've had a, most of the players there, apart from Dykes, who's been with Scotland. Um, Maybe we should play Flash Scotland for him before he comes out. I don't know. Um, and make him think he's playing for Scotland. But like, yeah, it's it. Saturday's a massive game, isn't it, Saffa? We've just got we've got to get a result from the. I mean, a point I'll even take. I know Norwich have been shocking, but they went and won the other week quite convincingly. So, what do you think? 
yeah, it is it's a massive, massive game. And I think it's one that we'll probably have a really, really good idea for what uh um what one of his teams really look like, you know, because we've had the other games where we've missed. I mean, Chair is gonna be enormous this season. Whatever happens, he's gonna play a massive part. So to not have him for Bristol City was a killer. So, you know, to have him back, um, and we we've got, yeah, hopefully a full, relatively fully fit squad there. I think he's going to tell a lot this weekend and the fact we had the international break to work with him. But yeah, it's a massive, massive game, this one. Actually, one player we should mention that we haven't mentioned at all this evening, who, again, I think has been one of our best players, is Field. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I, did I think miss. Sam Field is an integral part of, 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 of the team. It really, I really do. I think he's one of the best midfielders in the league by a long way. I tell you, when we talk about recruitment, that was one hell of a signing that was on a free. Was was he free or virtually? Again, okay, but, you know, he was... Very risky of injury at West Brom, but he hasn't really done that at Rangers. He's been oh. much better. Um, yeah, Field has been, he's, he's just a constant, isn't he? Um, Stephen, how do you see Dazelle not to go missing in games? Every now and then, Dazelle will do something absolutely brilliant and then he will just go missing completely for a whole half of a match. And that's got to stop. And when you're in the middle of the field like that, you've got to be active all the time, either trying to make a pass or pull a player out of position or something. Honestly, I watch the game sometimes and you, you think, that you just wonder if he's he's tuned in at all. And then it, it goes fire one from 25 yards. It's, it's, a, it's a weird, I think with him, it's confidence. I think the whole thing, and he, he didn't know what role he was playing on the end. So he definitely didn't know what he was doing on the pitch league. And yeah, another one that costs money as well that needs to fulfil it. But I can't help but think there is a player, I know I keep saying that, but there is a player there somewhere just getting them, getting out of him. But yeah, yeah. But the we can't afford anyone to switch off now, can we, Brad? I mean, this is we can't afford passengers anymore. No, and you just you can't afford at, it. I mean, if you look at our fixtures over Christmas, Bradley's said it, it's quite right. But if, you know, we've got we've got Norwich, obviously Saturday, then we've got Stoke, and then you know, you look at the Christmas fixtures and Ipswich, Mill. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy, is it, Bradley? They're, they're, they're hard games, tough, tough running games, but but possibly I think you know off the back of the international break. And with Norwich next up, sometimes the timing that you come up against a particular team can work in your favour. And there's a bit of pressure on Norwich. You know, they've not been yeah. the best home. There's an expectation on them. I know they got a result. Was it a whack Cardiff just recently? Yeah. But they're back having a poor season, aren't they, on the whole? Yeah. Um, on the map, you know, their, their fans, if we can keep them quiet for 15, 20 minutes, might quickly. And, and we might be able to get a point and three out of the game. I think that's got to be the aim. Try and try and go with confidence when there's attacking opportunity. Go for it. Push players forward. You know, as always, the QPR fans will travel in really good numbers to Carrow Road and uh, yeah, game. But the thing is, I think Bradley and Stephen and Saf, I think the next two games are massive. We've got to get something that. Norwich and we've got a big stoke. It's as simple as that, just to even go into that Christmas period and have a realistic hope, chance, and dream of getting out of the relegation. But I, I still sometimes pinch myself that, you know, we, we didn't really take it that seriously in some respects. I think we're going to get out of this, it's going to be fine. Something was going to happen. And the longer Ainsworth was there, it just got into this rut, didn't we? we and that's that, that's caused. And I don't think, you know, I like Ainsworth and I don't like slagging them off, but it's a real shame it didn't work. But yeah, Saturday we've got a win. It's as simple as that, isn't it? And then, well, a win or a draw, and then win against Stoke. It's, and it's, it's purely as simple as that. I think if we lose both them games, it's going to be really yeah. for us. And you can't afford to lose play. both those games now. No, exactly. Now, which brings me on to our end, right? Which you remember, Safa, I'm going to let you go first. And how much do you reckon you spent this year on your ferries, by the way? By the way, Bradley, Safa lives in the Isle of Wight. He goes to most QPR home and away games. Last season, you racked up £10,000. Was it £10,000? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. spent your games. Mm. Yeah, it was an expensive year, that. You know um, therapy's cheaper? Sorry? You know therapy's cheaper? I don't mean the band. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. let's not talk about how much it costs. Um, <laughs> sorry, where were we? I don't oh, want to talk about money in QPR. What was, where was we? What was we saying? Yeah, I'll tell you what I did want to actually. Um, and I absolutely I love this. I think this is so this is just what football's all about. There's a um 
I, I, I might be pronouncing it wrong, but there's a there's a um, somebody on Twitter, Anaj. I think it's his first name is Anaj, but basically he's got a um, like a mini bus, eight seater, ten seater car thing, and every now and then, and he's done it again for Norwich. He's leaving Northall, and he basically says, anyone that wants to go up there, just jump in. No charge. We just go up there, a load of QPR fans together. He does it every week with him and his son. Absolute fantastic. Um, I just love that. I just think that is what football's all about, you know, getting a load of people together, um, QPR fans just going up there. So my R's end was just massive credit to him. I love that when I see that tweet. It's what, as I said, I just love it. Nothing to gain, just, just trying to help people, fans get to games. Fair play to him. If he wants to come by the Isle of Wight, I'd be more than happy to jump in as well if he fancied it. But yeah, he's helpful, but he's not stupid. Um, to be fair, I think he's nearly contended for fan of the year actually because he he's done it pretty much every away game. Yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic. Decent lad, decent lad. Stephen, have you got not sorry? Is that the end of it, Saf, or you got anything else? That's that's oh. it. That's it for me, Stephen. What's that? What's the question here, uh, Finney? I'm not too sure what the question oh, is. Well, anything we haven't discussed already in the podcast that you want to say, or something you want to say about QPR fans, or something just mind-blowingly interesting, which is why I'm not going last because mine will be crap. Uh, boy, I think we covered it really. I just to say, I think I think I'm going to go back to uh, the point I made that I think the fans actually considering the paltry offerings we've had the last twelve months or so have been pretty damn good. I've been quite impressed. I mean, the last few games I've been to, there's been good support, good number of people there. So come on, you ours. You know, I think we're still we are still supporting the club through and through, and we just need now the other side of the, uh, of, the of the coin, as it were, the actual club itself to start kind of getting things right. I hear you, Bradley. Have you got noise end? Well, I I am going to the Millwall QPR game, Boxing Day. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, and and I hope, like you've already touched on, really. They can pick up points in fixtures before then, um, and it can be a much more, you know, uh, promising, optimistic 2024 for the Rs because, uh, you know, I really don't want it to be uh, in a relegation scrap for the second half of the season. I think uh, you 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 want them to remain a Championship club. I certainly do, anyway. Yeah. Interesting appointment they made, by the way. Interesting. That could um that caught the eye that management appointment Millwall made. He's uh decent, and we'll see how he gets on. My R's end is pretty short and sweet. I went to the Tiger Cubs last night. It's a 15th anniversary, and I've done a few of the walks amongst a lot of other people, and it's an absolute pleasure to be involved with these kids and and to be involved in what they do. And Fiona and Connor and uh, James were there with Chris Charles of this parish, though he much these days because he's got new boss and he has to have his nose to the grindstone at work covering boxing um, but it's fantastic and we talk about all the things that football does this and football does that but the speech made last night and forgive me I don't remember it's part of the Tiger Cubs just outstanding we'd, we'd have you in tears and his dad saying that, you know especially with the Down syndrome you know it's having the people out there to do fitness to, to get the mental health going to get the fitness going is so important and it just the smiles and the joy it brings to these kids, and you think that's what this club's about as well. And I was, I was, I was, you know, taken aback by how um, wonderful that evening was. Although I did spend most of the evening looking at green tickets to Sheffield Wednesday because I've, I've been told I've got to get back early um, for for work. And um, yeah, so anyway, but no, that that was a good evening, and, and well done to them. And I hope that they've, I think they've raised over a hundred thousand in them years. It's just amazing. Just an amazing group of people, and it's just, I love it. I love, you know, and the more football clubs do this, the better. Um, so that was my odds end on that one. And next, I'm gonna before we finish the podcast, I'm also gonna say, Bradley, you know what, mate? I think I'm gonna say I said before, such an underrated player at Rangers. You, you were, you were just that hat trick. But you, you know, you forget the I forget the nineties because Stephen was making music. I was getting drunk to, um, and. Um, and it sort of went and it, and it hears and uh, them days were just the best days to be a QPR fan so thank you for what you've done for our club on them days we thoroughly enjoyed it we were getting results we weren't entitled to beat anyone and we were we were top dogs in our own little way and um, you played a huge part in that Bradley so I want to thank you for that I've never done that in the podcast but I should have done it and I'm sorry I haven't done it sooner thank you Finney kind words always a pleasure to be on uh, 
that's him booked for the next one, lads. Well done, me. Um, right, I'm going to do predictions. Bradley, I know you haven't seen this, but give us a score prediction that involves nil to Norwich and lots for QPR. Uh, Norwich won QPR two. Are you just saying that? Or are you thinking that? Come on. I'm thinking that. Good man. I like it, Stephen. I agree with Bradley. I think it'll be tight. I don't think there'll be many goals because we don't score many, but I, I'd like to think we'll get two, you know, with both uh, Chair and Willock playing. And um, yeah, hope, hopefully we'll be tight at the back. And yeah, I'll, I'll go 2-1 as well with Bradley if I'm allowed to. <laughs> you are indeed, Safa. You know, honestly, I was going to 2-1 as well. I was. So in that race, it's just because you can't have a clean sweep. I was all saying the same thing. I'll go 1-0. But um, yeah, I've, I fancy us. I think we might get a win on Saturday. I really do. Well, I'm going 3-0 Rangers. I'm going Reggie. I'm going Cher on his return. He's, he's, he's desperate to be involved again. And I'm going for a centre-half headed goal. And that, that'll do me. I'm actually thinking if we beat Norwich and Stoke, we could be responsible for two other managers getting sacked in the Championship, which is at the rate of managers being sacked in the Championship would be pretty much every team going into the next season will have a different manager, near yeah. enough apart from the obvious ones. That shows you how insane yeah. this is. It's so scary, Bradley, being involved with footballers that you just don't know one day to the next what's going to happen. Tough league, precarious occupation, definitely. Uh, I think you're right, just in your rule, Bradley. It's much more fun and it's very stressful, but who would be a flipping manager, eh? <laughs> who would be a manager? But listen, Bradley, thank you so much for coming on. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on. You're an absolute gentleman for coming on and giving us your time. Thank you so much. Stephen, amazing. You've been brilliant again as usual. And we'll make sure... Nice to meet you, Bradley. Cheers, guys. Great to speak to you. Take care. Cheers, Bradley. And Safa, as always, see you on Saturday. Are you going Saturday, Safa? Yep, I am. I'll see you there, Paul. Yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, make sure you get up early. Don't miss that ferry. No, no, I won't. I won't do that. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Come on, you guys. Take care.